Hello and welcome to this week's episode of 10 Points of Slashing. My name is SJ. My name is Matthew. And we are here today to talk about some Dragon Age. Some good old Dragon Age, as if we haven't already talked about it enough. 64 million times. But today's episode is Dragon Age-centric. So we have a couple things to do before we get into the topic. As per usual, Matt, you want to go ahead and take it away here? Because I'm running out of juice. And I'm staring you straight in the freaking eye holes. You're staring me straight in the freaking eye holes. Um, so normally we do the bit where we go to the gas station, pick out some energy drinks and, uh, try and torture each other. This week we're doing something vastly different for, for our discord community members. The man, the myth, the legend, Roshanti is currently here right now. I'm looking at his beautiful goddamn face and he has concocted something for us that I think is going to either be truly awful or absolutely incredible. Roshanti likes to, he is a purveyor of gains. And he has given us some of his pre-workout, which neither one of us have... I mean, you probably have drank it in the past, but I certainly haven't. Oh, I've definitely had pre-workout yeah, in the past. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to it's gonna be great. What's what's going to happen to us? It's gonna, here, I'll tell you this. It's going to taste really weird. It's going to taste disconcerting. You're going to be like, I don't really feel like I'm drinking anything, but I also feel like I'm drinking a lot. <laughs> All right. Uh, Roshanti is currently stirring. I don't know if you can hear the glass tinking. Some ASMR. Oh, you can hear the glass tinking. That'll be Roshanti, loud as for, shit. For the fans at home, can you give me just like a sound? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right, are we? Are you? Are, are should we do? Is this a shot? Are we like throwing it back? Or I'm not gonna throw it all the way back. I'm gonna throw it about halfway back. Uh, I'm gonna take a sip and see how far I get. Uh, cheers. Uh, cheers. Oh, that tastes really good. You think that now? Well, I got to the powder center. All right, what are your thoughts, Matt? That tastes like if Pepto-Bismol was good. Dude, that's a really great way to put it. It's like Pepto-Bismol without the bismol. It's <laughs> 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 not that funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's, no, what's, how would you describe good, it? I would describe it as tasting like pre-workout. The, this episode is going to be titled No Bismol. <laughs> no Bismol. Yeah. It was, it's, uh, yeah. It's, it's not the flavor, though. That's the thing. Uh, much like with our energy drinks, some people don't drink them for the flavor. We do. We like the flavor. We no. enjoy drinking. But uh, I Okay, listen. I don't know if you're French all of a sudden, but that's a really hard we. <laughs> I don't drink it because I like the flavor. I drink it because I need caffeine. Yeah, okay. I, I'm definitely very addicted. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hard we, my friend. <laughs> my bad. We, we, we. Um... Do you have any uh, stories, any gas station stories for this week? If you want, dude, if you want to sit in the hot seat. All right, so we, we're going to do a gas station story, but this one, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, a special guest on the podcast, this is going to be as told by Roshanti. So I'm, we're going to, you know, he's going to sit in the hot seat, guys. So this was excellent. Hi, Roshanti, folks. Uh, the deal was I was getting gas in the middle of the desert somewhere between here and nowhere, and there was this lovely couple, I will say, who were wider set in nature and they were arguing all the way at from the pump all the way to the door and then as soon as the door opened it's like these people transformed into the most <laughs> idyllic couple i've ever seen where immediately fingers interlaced they were all smiles they went straight to the beer counter and they got they got the fattest amount of pounder 16 ounce michelada cans that I've ever seen two people carry in arm and hand. Went out, checked out, it was fine. And as soon as the door opened, the temptus resumed and they just started screaming at the top of their lungs. Meanwhile, I'm pumping gas and everything was fine. 
like at a distance and then they noticed me noticing them and then they started walking directly towards me <laughs> and i was afraid and i was i was like i'm about to spray people with gas because this is my only natural <laughs> weapon that i have in my hand right now and they stopped and the old man staring at me cracked the can and drank at least half of the 16 ounces of beer put it down took the deep breath and looked at his wife, rubbed her shoulder, and they got in the car and drove off. And I am standing there in absolute shock at this gas station. And it, I'm not even I'm not even out of the big state that I was traveling from yet. This is the second, no, this is the first time I was fueling up on this trip. And that set the pace for the rest of that trip. It was pretty wild. Anyways, that's my TED Talk. Dude, that's insane. That's genuinely fucking crazy. Our, uh, I love, I love that this is our brand. Okay, like, I want to say, what people come to I want to say... Bef- when we started this podcast, chair cold. Roshanti sits in my chair for 30 seconds, warm. <laughs> a warm butt, and I'm here for it. Um, okay, so without any further ado, I guess this is a really, this is probably one of the quicker off the tops that we're cold opens that we've done in a minute. Yeah, I feel like I've, especially I had two a- episodes ago when our cold open was half the episode. Yeah, I had a lot to talk about today. I just don't remember any of it. Did I text you something weird? Well, if anything comes up, we can shout it, but uh, this week's topic is we're talking about Dragon Age. Yes, more specifically, this is kind of like a, a wish list of things that we want from Dreadwolf. Yes, I didn't structure it as a top three. I just made a list. Some are quicker to talk about than others. I don't know if you want to like narrow it, but like I, I have like a small little list of like this, these are things I'd really love to see. Yeah, I don't have a physical list. I just know exactly the things that I want. Um, I, I had to write it down, but you know. Well, what, how the, the tables have turned. How the tables have turned. Ladies and gentlemen, when we started this podcast, SJ printed off pieces of paper with, like, structure, and then I was like, I'm just gonna do it off the dome, and look at me now. Also, uh, let me know when the tingle starts. You'll know. This, okay, this reminds me, that I'll statement, <laughs> that statement has reminded me of a story, um, the very first time I ever got a root canal, I've had two, two root canals in my life, because I didn't take care of my teeth as a child, as a child, I, they, they asked me, like, hey, we're gonna numb you up and all that stuff, but do you want to be on, on nitrous oxide, and I was like, what's that, and they're like, it's laughing gas, like, do you want laughing gas, and I was like, I looked at, I, I was like, you're goddamn right, I was I like, do. absolutely, but I looked over to, to our mother, who was, who's there, because obviously I was a minor, I looked over to her, like, wide-eyed and expecting, and she was just like, how much more is it, and they were like oh this much and she was just like give him the laughing gas Gas so i was laying on the operating chair it's not a table in a dentist but i was like in the chair staring up i was super nervous because all i've heard is root canals are absolutely painful and you have to be awake for them so i was like stressed out of my mind and the lady walks in and she was like okay i'm gonna put this over your mouth i'm gonna have you inhale blah blah blah, for this amount of time this is the nitrous oxide and then we're like you're already numbed up at this point so as soon as this kicks in we're gonna get going and i was like okay cool and she looked at me dead in the eyes Without a smile, without like a seri- as serious as a day of work. And she was just like, let me know if you feel like you are floating off of the table. And then she put the mask over my yep. face and started it. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. like I started panicking. And she was like, no, 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 it's okay. Like, it's normal. And I was like, what do you mean it's normal? And she was like, just just let me know. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Tangent to that story. I- I'm so glad that you said thank you for listening to my TED Talk, Roshanti. Because they had like a TV mounted to the ceiling that you could watch. And it was like Netflix, but it was like doctor's office Netflix. So it was really boring shit. And there was a TED talk and this little house on the prairie and shit. Yeah. yeah, No, no, yeah. Basically there, I think there was family guy, but I didn't want to be that dude that watched family guy in a dentist office. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I put on TED talks and, uh, this is like mid surgery. I'm high. I'm numb. I'm being operated on. Everything is awesome. 
And there's this TED talk. I don't like in the moment. I didn't know what the dude was saying, but all I knew is that what he was saying was the gospel truth. Like this dude was making me religious in this moment, and I was like, "Everything you're saying is so amazing." Blah blah. Like I was all in on it because I was high. And then I went back and watched that episode, and the dude was literally like, "If you start the day by making your bed and tie your shoes, oh yeah, you're gonna be productive." Yeah, that's the whole TED talk. He was literally just like, "Tie your shoes, make your bed," and I was like, "That's it." That's what I was like. This is the gospel truth: is make your fucking bed. Yeah, I forget, I forget his name, but he he was a general, and it, that's a very famous like. Yeah, yeah that's basically what it was like the little victories in the morning. Yeah, tie your shoes, make your bed. Yeah, drink William, water, and I was just don't like, don't shit your pants. Don't yeah, shit your it's, pants. It's uh, optional. Admiral no. William McRaven. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, hey, McRaven. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. Um, but yeah, sorry, that's super tangent. You just saying, let me know when you start tingling. Reminded me of. of but um, I'm not tingling right now. You're not? No, I'm fine. You're feeling it already, aren't you? Oh, yeah. It's in your ears, right? Not yet. It hasn't got to my ears, but it's in my face and it's in my arms. You guys are talking about an experience that I wish I was... I feel f- like not not trying to play anything up. I feel fully normal. You'll feel it, dude. It'll kick in. I'll probably go to stand and then just face plant. All right, well... This is going to be a very interesting episode, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and I'm... As you know, I'm a very active person. Yeah, so my blood... Yeah. M- my blood flows, man. All right. <laughs> That's um, a weird thing to say, but my blood flows. This is going to be the most hyped up. Maybe this is what we need to do to get the energy up for the episode. Just drink pre-workout. Please let's not ever do this again. <laughs> okay. Oh um, okay. So what we want from Dribble. How do you want to start? Do you want to just like A, B, A, B, A, B? Well, let's, let's, like... let's do, uh, I'll do a quick little blurb first. So, uh, you know, obviously Dragon Age being one of the like flagship uh, franchises of our podcast. Uh, we talk about it quite a bit. We, I got into it, I started playing Inquisition, and then I went back and played through the other one, so my entry point into the series was a little bit later. Um, I've introduced a lot of other people to the game, because I think it's just, Inquisition came out on the rise of, uh, you know, Skyrim's success, and everybody knew Skyrim, everybody was playing Skyrim. Dragon Age was also a very popular franchise, but it was just kind of less so than... yeah. Than Elder Scrolls and a lot of other especially, franchises, especially in the shadow of Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's you know, I, I guess it's a lesser known franchise, but I, as you know, it's it's my personal favorite fantasy franchise of all time. Um, at any rate, uh, I've I've gone through all of them, and obviously, Dreadwolf is coming out in the next who knows the next year or two. I hope by the end of this year, like winter twenty twenty three, that'd be sick. Yeah, that'd be really really cool. I highly doubt it. I don't know. I mean, like we know it went into pre alpha or it went into alpha, full alpha. I think in December ish. I think I think I could be fully hallucinating this. But I think I saw something about it being beta now, but I could be wrong. I don't think so. I, I'm not sure on that, but um, either way, there's probably a year or two left in development. Um, and you know how this shit works. The Honestly, if it gets delayed, I'd be happy because that means yeah, that they're putting we get effort a better, into making it not suck. Yeah, we, bit it, we get a better quality game. Um, yeah. And for a game like this, like you said, I'd, I'd be happy with delays. I want to make sure they're doing right by the fans, which, yeah, you know. Dreadwolf kind of has a feeling of, like, last Dragon Age game. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'd, I'd be hard-pressed to believe they're going to make a Dragon Age game after Dreadwolf. So I hope that it's perfect. I hope that it's everything that we want it to be and more, which is why we have this list. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, with that said, I've I've gotten, like, how do I word this? I have gotten everything I want and more out of pretty much every game in the Dragon Age franchise. And I know that uh, no matter what my list is of wants for Dreadwolf, 
there's going to be things they give us that I didn't even know that I wanted from the game because that's that's just kind of what's happened with each of these games. Um, yeah, of course. But um, I do have some pretty specific things, one of which I'm, I'm pretty sure is somewhat confirmed at this point. Um, but yeah, like it's a huge, huge passion of mine, this whole franchise. So I'm really excited to be yeah. getting into this and I'm excited to be, I, we mentioned it, I think in the last episode, uh, I legitimately am planning on taking a week off of work. Yeah. If I have the PTO for it. Sure. Yeah. Just so I can play this and make content about it and just have a blast. But, uh, yeah, Matt, I, so yeah, I have a list of seven things. I'm sure I'll think of more. We don't have to talk about every single... Shut up. I don't, I'm sure we don't have to talk about every single one of them uh, in detail. But I, I kind of want to start with my number one. It's not It's not ordered from most to least. It's ordered from first thing I thought of to last thing I thought of. So I guess in a, in a sense, it's like the priority list. Okay. I have a, I have a question real quick. Yeah. Is your list more gameplay focused or plot focused? It's a little bit more gameplay focused. Okay, I cool. Um, I dig it. So the first, I guess I say that the first one is like gameplay and plot. Okay. I, I don't know if this is a word. I think I've created a new word. I want Deuteragony with the Inquisitor and Rook. I want to be able to jump between the two and play as the Inquisitor at points in the game. Because like. So you're positing that. Uh, so you're predicting that Rook is the It's all but confirmed at this point. Like if you watch the supplemental episode um, that we record that we did with the, the gameplay leak, it's it's very I, I would be hard pressed to believe that it's not going to be Rook. Well, in the because uh, like his text was blue. Everything that he was saying was like a little bit more first person. -y. People were talking to him and deferring to him. I think I think Rook is going to be the player. Well, player. the 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 only interaction I'm pretty sure that we saw was Davrin is like, oh, there's a shitload of dark spawn, and then Rook's like, yeah, it's gonna be real tough or whatever. I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I may be botching this entirely, but I don't think you actually hear the audio because people. No, you don't. Because people are, and, and it was confirmed that that text is bugged because it just shows on the screen no matter what. Yeah. But people are guessing because in the gameplay, there's a human male who people are like, okay, that's Davrin. But then there's a female uh, dwarf, I'm pretty sure. And so some people are like, oh, that might be Rook. But you're right. With I don't the know why her text, text color. Yeah. yeah. Her text color would be the same as Davrin's. Yeah. Um, so um, we're, we're not sure that's not yeah, confirmed, I'm, I'm but... saying Rook loosely. Um, yeah, well, we'll yeah, I, because you know, Hawk shows up in Inquisition. I don't remember if the warden shows up in, in two at all. I, I, I have no idea. The warden is mentioned in Dragon oh, okay. Age two and the warden is mentioned in Dragon yeah. Age Inquisition. If you but, make certain choices, but yeah. they never physically make an appearance. Yeah. But uh, like they write you a pretty cool letter in Inquisition. If you, if the, if you use the choices that the uh, warden is still alive after the events of Dragon Age one, you can reach out to them in Inquisition and they'll write you this letter that's based on a lot of the choices. Like if they had a romance, they'll mention their romance, yada, yada, yada. Uh, it's really but, cool. Um, I feel like it's the natural evolution of like Hawk showing up. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. like, I feel like people in the Dra in the Dragon Age fandom, so to speak, are far more attached to their Inquis Inquisitor than they were to Hawk because the Inquis Inquisitor is your character, right? Yeah, Hawk so, was a little more streamlined as far as like this is yeah. this is who this character is. I would love it if at certain points the game threw back to the Inquisitor and you play as the Inquisitor. It'll be, uh, it'll be a little challenging to do uh, with, spoiler warning, uh, I don't think so. losing an arm. I don't think so. It's fucking fantasy, dude. Like, give him a robot arm. Like, yeah, we've all been there. Also, like, yeah, like, 
you know, there's there's a, a trope that like, oh, well, if you lost a limb, you're useless. It's like there's some you can still swing a sword with your non-dominant arm. You know to what I mean? Me, to me, that felt like their way of cutting him out, cutting the Inquisitor out. Yeah, exactly. for sure. But like, I, I'm just saying I'm just saying I'd like to see it. Yeah, I, I, would, I cool. would love it if the game threw to your Inquis- and like you can import the way that he looks and his choices and all that and or he or she and you can it throws to the Inquisitor. I I Bare minimum, I want the Inquisitor to be heavily involved with the plot, considering the game is about Solus. You know what I mean? I, I think, so Roshanji just asked, what would my opinion be if, if the Inquisitor was just in a passive political situation? Yes, absolutely. Because I feel like that would be more involved in the story than just being like, oh, the Inquisitor sent me and that's it. You know what I mean? I guess if I had to if I had to throw a prediction out, I think that the Inquisitor probably won't make an appearance. I think that the Inquisitor probably won't make an appearance until maybe halfway through. Um, I would just, love it if the first thing you see in the game is the Inquisitor being like, hey, you, rookie, go do this thing. I, I don't know. Because I, I feel like I feel like they're, they're trying to do a lot of things with this game, right? They're trying yeah. to bring... Bring in a whole bunch of new people, and they're trying to ride the success of Inquisition. They're trying to satisfy the people that have been fans since day one. Um, they have a they have their work cut out for them, and I I, I don't know. I feel like they're gonna they're probably gonna do that by I mean, as we see in that gameplay video, it's it's Grey Warden focused, right? And depending on yeah. whether or not they go the route of doing new origins where you can choose to be a Grey Warden or something else and have different like first missions for each class or each you know character selection, they're definitely going back to one of the coolest things about Dragon Age One that I think was the scale of what you were doing being a Grey warden one of the last gray wardens that's capable of like ending this threat um i think they're going back and trying to satisfy the dragon age one do you think that you play as a gray warden because even though Solus isn't a dark spawn, he's like a god, and the only person with the power to kill a god is a Grey Warden. Well, the only reason Grey Wardens can kill Archdemons is because they have the bite in themselves. They they they, they take a little bit of the yeah. blood. And Do you then... think? I'm just saying, like this literally just came to mind. Do you think that like that's a thing? Do you think a Grey Warden could kill Solus? I, I don't think a normal person could stab Solus and he'd die. No, he. But he, I think a Grey Warden, maybe he can die, but uh, Solus isn't blighted, so it it wouldn't it wouldn't be connected. True, uh, uh, just a theory. Yeah, no. But it, anyway, it, what's uh? It wouldn't be connected. We've been talking about this for a hot minute. What's your what's the first thing you want to see? Well, no, I wasn't done yet. I was just saying that um, they're trying to go back to um. It seems to me that they're appeasing fans of Dragon Age 1 by kind of throwing you back into, you know, the shoes of a Grey Warden. And that feels like they're going out of their way to disconnect a little bit from Inquisition. And I feel like they might. I feel like they're going to play this from the perspective of somebody that doesn't know anything about what happened with like the the really inner circle stuff of the inquisition and then i think about halfway through the game maybe they're gonna bring up like oh we found out who this threat is it's this fucking guy solace he was in the inquisition and at that point i think they may do a similar thing to how they involved hawk somebody's gonna be like hey let me make a phone call i know a guy he'll be able to help us out i i just like you know i agree with what you're saying but in a way they have to because they wrote themselves into a corner with the end credit scene of Trespasser. Because right now the Inquis- the Inquisitor and his inner circle inner circle are the only people that know that Solus is a threat. So unless the first half of the game has nothing to do with Solus, and then all of a sudden Solus is the villain, and then the Inquisition gets involved. Yes, but the end of Inquisition, the Inquisitor is literally like, "Hey, we need to go after Solus, and in order to do that, we need someone that he's never going to expect." 
So the Inquisitor, they wrote themselves into a wall. The Inquisitor has to be involved from the first moment of the game. Otherwise, it's not connected. That's that's true. Um, like, the game has to start... In my opinion, the game has to start with your character having been reached out to by the Inquisitor and being like, hey, we want to hire you. We want to bring you into this, blah, blah. We have a job for you. Some Something in that nature. Otherwise, halfway through the game being like, oh, Solus, it's like... Yeah, they need to bring new people in, but with the way that they've wrote the story, there's only one way it can go. It'll be really interesting to see what route they take, because we also don't know, and obviously we have our theories, but we don't know when this Grey Warden mission from the gameplay leak actually takes place. Yeah, it could be could the be first like, mission of the game. The it, could be, it could be halfway through. It could be the last. Exactly. We don't know. Um, if it is, I will say this, if it's the first mission in the game, it'd be very interesting because of the choices that you can yeah. make with the Grey Wardens in Inquisition. It'd be interesting to see why would the Inquisitor reach out to the Wardens after what happened? Like, um, yeah, unless, yeah, that's Super true. interesting. Or maybe, I, maybe way, it's one of those things where, like, you you are a warden, Weishaupt gets sacked, and then your warden's like, fuck, I guess I'm not a warden anymore. And then the yeah. Inquisitor's like, hey, you, that's this works. That's true. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, um, regardless. So lots lots to talk about there. Yeah, yeah, no. So something I want to see, and I mentioned this, or I didn't mention this, but I've thought this even since the first couple times I played through Inquisition, I went back, like I said, after I played Inquisition, I went back and I played Dragon Age 1 a little bit here and there over the years. Um, and it was only recently, in the past year, I think about a year or two ago, is when I finally beat Dragon Age um, Origins. And one thing that did kind of disappoint me a little bit, the story behind Grey Wardens is that, you know, they they ingest the blight they become blighted themselves and then alistair mentions it a little bit but gray wardens because they are blighted they have the ability to sense other blighted creatures yeah and alistair knows when there's dark spawn around he can sense it they kind of work it in that well your character the player character hasn't been a gray warden for very long so some of the stuff hasn't kicked in yet but i always thought it'd be super cool if so if you take dragon age inquisition you have like four major uh skill trees for whatever class you choose right and then you have the option to take a specialization class and then that will unlock a new skill tree for you in the in inquisition in the gameplay right i was thinking it'd be really cool to have the ability to add a bunch of different kinds of skill trees based on other selections that's not just limited to your class so it'd be really cool if they went that same route but then you could also like oh since you're a gray warden you get the gray warden skill tree but that doesn't determine your class because there's mages warriors and rogues that are gray wardens right yeah so it'd be I I would really like to see that, but not just limited to Grey Warden. I would like to see, like, there's Templar archers, right? So I would like to see Templars become not a class, but just, like, an extra specialization you can take. Because the the subclass Templar forces you to be a warrior, right? Yeah. Well, what if you're a rogue? What if you're an archer and you're a Templar? You should still have the Templar abilities that kind of define them, right? So I think it'd be cool to see stuff like that where it's not a class necessarily, but just like a, um, like a character trait that you yeah. get a skill tree for. I, I think that that would be sick, and I know that they're already going to do this, but for that to work, they'd have to completely rework the progression system because you don't get enough skill points in Inquisition to really, like, kind of spread it out you know what i mean so well, there was... you'd have to get more skill points faster in dreadwolf for that to happen but i think that would be sick 
Well, there was a skill tree leak recently of in Dreadwolf. And yeah, it's it was really vague, and it's you know there's kind of not a lot of information there, but at the same time there's a huge amount of information there. Just kind of the direction that they want to take. It feels way more like if you look up the picture. Like I don't know if you can yeah. see this from there, but there's like this big massive color wheel. Yeah, it's one of those things where like you unlock an ability and it leads to that. And it leads yeah, to that. and it's it's like super intricate, and it looks like if if you're looking at this and you know just taking guesses as far as what it is it looks like you could start in in theory you could start in mage and work your way over to getting you know warrior, warrior or abilities. rogue stuff right like yeah. it, it looks really interesting but it looks just... like because there's like three ones that are like kind of off by themselves i think those those are the three places that you start and i think you work your way in or it could be you start with the black in the middle and you work your way out yeah, and, and it's, like I said, it's very up in the air. There's not a lot of information on it, but I would love to see something like that, that, you know, I you agree. get abilities that aren't just limited to your class. It's, you know, you you make a decision somewhere in the story and decide to become this type of thing, and now you have those abilities. I think, honestly, I think they, with the way that that looks, it looks like they're going more of a Skyrim route. It looks exactly. Like, it looks like you can be whatever you want at any point in time. And that's exactly the vibe that I got from and it. I like and that a lot. I think that'd be sick. And it would make sense um, for them to go that route. Yeah. Definitely. Um, the next thing that I would love to see, and this is a bit of a Dragon Age hot take, ladies and gentlemen. I think SJ is going to disagree with this. I want a fully open world. I don't want mission areas. I want a world, like a fully open Yeah, world. I mean... I, I would be okay with that as long as it's executed well. Yeah. And I not, want the I don't same, want it the to same feel level empty. the same level of detail that they put into the individual world areas in like Inquisition and other the other games in the franchise. But like I want like if if the setting of this game is Tevinter, I want all of Tevinter at any point yeah. in time. You and, know what I mean? Uh, Fully in our, open world. In our supplemental episode I did misspeak. Um Weishaupt is in it's uh, in it's Southern in a mountain Vegas. range that's in Tevinter. Weishaupt is in Tevinter. Yeah, it's in like Southwest. Oh like, shit, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, I don't. It's not. I don't think it's in Tevinter. It's like it's right. Like in it's, the in the, it's in the ass crack of Tevinter. Yeah, it's like it's in the like mountain right range there. that's Southwest in there in the desert. Um, it's but, cl- it's closer than you know. But it is. Skyhold. It is workable that if they do an open world, that Weishaupt could be part. It of It would just be like kind of like it, it would be like the Soul Sign to Skyrim. You know what I mean? It'd just be a little separate area. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love fully open world, and that's that's all I have to say about that. Really, no, other than yeah, no, like that. like I said, as long as it doesn't feel empty, which I know everybody says about every open world, but yes and no. Like I think there there is a size to openness ratio. Like mm-hmm. Skyrim for its time, a giant map, but in reality, not that big. It's not that big, and but it's full felt of full. shit. Red Dead Two, gigantic map, felt pretty empty at times. But I guess in a way that's kind of the vibe of, of that yeah, game. It's like yeah, the frontier. The, the wild but west like, frontier. If they make Tevinter, if they just hyper focus in on it and like make the map smaller, like scale it down a little bit so that it's not, you know, a massive I don't want like a massive cutting edge, like look at how big our dick is open world. I want just a focused, concentrated, really well executed open world. Yeah. No, I'd like I said, I'd I don't have any issue with that. I think that's fair. I, the I figured, amount of work that they put into this game, I mean, I, it's been damn near 10 years, yeah. you know? I know that you really like variety, and, and the way that Inquisition does it kind of lends itself yes. to that, but, like, yeah, I we, just want fully open, fully open. Yeah, no, we talked about that in our environments episode. I love variety in level design, variety in environments, um, and uh, it, it just, Inquisition did that for me in spades. You have fully grassland mountainous levels, you have fully desert levels, right? But I, I, I still think, think it would be awesome if they did yeah. something well 
with an open world. Are you guys just talking about, and this is just for clarity, because are you guys just talking about landmass in general? Because what Skyrim did really well, and I think what you're talking about as far as, is the depth of it as well, because it was tiered. It wasn't just spread apart. I think that's where Red Dead was missing a lot of, is its depth, because everything was just spread on such a lateral sense. Whereas true. Skyrim had so much depth as far as you could be up in the mountains and then you go into like the Dwemer ruins and that's fucking, that's how many levels of depth you have no idea. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, when you, th- when I think mage city, the first thing I think of is floating buildings. Yeah. And floating shit. buildings, towers. So like, yeah, and, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. I think, I think exactly like verticality. Well, I mean, if be. you look at the promo images that yeah, they've the shown of Minrathis, like tall tower and like looking out, it looks exactly like that. Yeah. Like I'll Google that just so I can show. Dun, 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 dun. But yeah, just uh, it's like really, this is this is what yeah, lots of lots of verticality. Yeah. I love the LED like magic signs. Yeah, and that's shit. so sick. Like, I it love looks it. So cool. I want it. I want it. I want it to be one of those games. Where you look at something really, really fucking cool off in the distance, and, and you're, you're like, like "I'm gonna go, go there. there." Yeah, and then you can go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so not much more to say. Fully open world. I love it, dude. I love it. Um, here's something I want, and it's very specific. I want either Night Enchanter or Arcane Warrior back. Yeah, I think a lot of people do as a subclass for Mage. Yeah, I think they did really well because they didn't have any kind of Arcane Warrior in Dragon Age Two. Um. Which, uh, if you don't know, Arcane Warrior was a subclass for mages that allowed you to convert your magic score. Uh, well, not convert it, but it allowed you to use whatever points you've put into magic for uh, any strength requirements for any weapons or armor. So if you had if you had a sword that required 32 strength, as a mage, you're not putting much of your stats into strength. You're putting it all into magic, right? Well, it allowed you to convert that and then use that. So if you take the Arcane Warrior subclass, I have a magic of 40. Well, guess what? I can use a sword and wear armor and all kinds of crazy shit now, right? I, um, I think that with the way that the uh, progression system looks with that like big complicated web, if if it's more open where like if you have a skill point you can put it wherever there you want i think in the magic section there's gonna be like something like magic weapon or something like exactly that. yeah i don't think it's going to be knight enchanter but i think you can get there yeah i think that i think that knight enchanter did a really good job of bridging the gap because if you play a mage and you take arcane warrior you, you can literally just be, be a heavy armor yeah you can literally just be a warrior but night enchanter did a really good job if you still had to be a mage you just had a sword and it jacked your constitution up a little bit gave you some abilities that made you less squishy mm-hmm. um and able to just charge into the fight and fight with huge magic sword um yeah. magic and i really like what they did fire. there yeah, so whatever they do uh in dreadwolf i i just hope that there's some level of mage slang and steel i that that kind of leads into the next thing that i that i wanted to to bring up mm-hmm. um the next want and with what you're saying and with what the way that 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 progression system looks i want more open combat in the sense of like you know in inquisition you hyper focus on one thing and you use your abilities and you wait for your abilities to recharge and you use them again and then like you just keep mm-hmm. doing that until they die, right? Right. At first it's pretty it's pretty sick, but it gets very repetitive because you're always like, I'm gonna it open does. I'm gonna open with this, then I'm gonna do this, then I'm gonna do this, and then once that recharges, I'm gonna open with it again. And like you know what I mean? So I want 
I want more variation. Like I like the ability wheel thing that they kind of do with like a square triangle circle or for like yeah, I love it. I I think it's really sick, but I just want it. I want it to be more open. I want I want it to be more fluid. I want it to be less so hyper focusing on one thing until it dies, and more so like. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, and they they're taking cues from God of War yeah, is, is it, what the rumor. Yeah, in Inquisition, is. like you know, in Skyrim, you can like swing your sword at this dude a few times, and then swing your sword at this dude a few times, stuff like that. In Inquisition, if you want to do that, you gotta like you know target lock and switch targets, and like in that way, it's restricted. So if they're taking inspiration from God of War, and it's more like. I guess the the best way to put it is more Fluid. hack and slashy. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's I would, exactly I would it. what it looks like. I would love it to be more hack and slashy. That's exactly Honestly. what it looks like in that gameplay video. Yeah. Um, Which it, makes me very excited. I yeah. want I want that to I want I want that to eleven. Yeah, and what I'm excited about is all we've seen is sword and shield combat from Magic's the player's gonna perspective. Be, magic has to be nuts in this I game. I think they are going to go insane with Magic in this game. It has to, just it's like to you Vinter. said, it's to Vinter. Based on the setting, we're talking... We've we've heard about this country Since for three games. Uh, what, damn near like 15 years we've heard about this country of Magic people, and their magic is way cooler than everybody else's. Their society is literally built on magic like it's gotta be nuts it's gonna be wild and i'm super excited to see what we can do there yep um anyway you're next uh i'm sorry dude somebody had to say it i hope the drip is just as good as it was in inquisition honestly in opposition to that my next want is better armor and cosmetics because in Inquisition, the crafting system, fucking awesome. I love the, the crafting co- system. Like the, the variety of armor, fucking dog shit. Okay. It's the same thing with like yeah. a longer tailcoat and then a shorter tailcoat. I, I will say, yeah, like the standard armor it, like here, Inquisitor armor stuff. Uh, yes, but I think Grey Warden armor is the coolest looking armor in any yes. game for yes. mages, warriors, or rogues. Um, I think it is absolutely outstanding and i think some of the weird offshoot armor sets like the uh orlesian yeah the weird offshoot armor sets are the best in the game yeah i I want i want more unique stuff and not 13 variations of the same thing how do you feel let me ask you about this how do you feel about uh like in inquisition your armor set is your armor set that's what you wear how do you feel about games where you mix it up like in skyrim you can wear a chest you can wear braces i would love that Okay, cool. I would, so love, that's what I you would want. love like a dedicated head slot, chest slot, arm okay. slot. Like instead of like these presets of like this is what you look like. Yeah. I would love it. And I would just I want more variation because like for the light and the medium armor for like the mage and the and the rogue and the warrior and stuff like that, it looks the same. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then the heavy armor, I think that's when it kind of starts to to vary a little bit. But like that like the black Inquisitor armor with the breastplate and the like the the collar and like the tailcoat, you know the one. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. And you can you can change it up a little bit with like the arms and the legs and stuff, but I would like yeah. for them to break away from that and just do like arm Yeah. Leg. There's there's slight differences if you take the just like the normal in- inquisitor armor, for example, in the mage version, he has like sleeves. Yeah. In yeah. the warrior version. Rogue version, it's like, you know, leather, and in the warrior version there's this weird outrageously shiny like plate yeah. looking but thing. But it, it's right? it's the but... same core. Yeah, exactly. And no, I, want, you're absolutely I, want, right. I want them to get away from that because yeah. I think it's boring. Like I for my mage i use the the or or it's either the orlesian battle mage armor or it's like the free mage free army free army battle armor yeah, yeah. um are you raising your hand okay roshanti 
Oh, so 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 what Rashanti is asking is essentially like a layering system. See, when you said layering system, I got really excited because I was like, absolutely, I want cloak. like a cloak or yep. like a coat cloak or something over, over top of it. Let's, but I th- I think well, it kind of sounds like what you're asking more is like that cosmetic system where you put on the best armor for the best sat- stats, and then you can like overlay like oh I, yeah yeah kind of like you can MMOs. do that in Elder Scrolls Online yeah, yeah like I in love MMOs. that it's very common in MMOs um, and stuff like that, but like. I guess yes to both. Like I would love yes the armor. Both. I would love the the best armor for the right stats, and then like a cosmetic system that has layering. Like I would love yes. to wear like an undershirt, armor over it, and then like a cloak or some robe element, like stuff like that. Like just I want them to go balls to the wall. Yeah, I'm I'm a sucker, and I always have been for the cosmetics in games. Yeah, like it's I all want to about look, the drip. Yeah, I want to look cool. I want to feel cool. I want my weapons to look cool. Like. And I love that in MMOs they let you do that. The only MMO I've ever played is Elder Scrolls Online. But uh, it's, yeah, you it's can a do... staple in in um, Star Wars: The Republic. True. Yeah, there's like a layer system. Yeah. yeah. So the way it works, like he said, is you equip whatever you want to equip, and then you can go to like an outfit station or something and put on over have that. a have a permanent look that isn't what your armor is. And that way, if you have that look, it doesn't matter what you're equipping as you progress through the game. You can change your stuff yeah. out and it doesn't matter because you look the same i would i would i would love that yeah that'd, that'd be, be awesome <laughs> yeah literally i love it i love it when people like in uh, in games where the like in saints row 2 you can get really crazy with the character creator we... so you have this like shakespearean gangster story and then it pans over to like a 300 pound man with a pink afro and you're just like what's up yeah we we have to show roshanti squibbly jimbus squibbly jimbus and thumbus wombus yep absolutely uh two staples but um yeah, no, so armor cosmetics all around. I, I don't know if I... I didn't... So, actually, I just said the same crafting system just incrementally improved. Like, yeah, yeah. Take what they did and just make it better. Yeah, I agree. That's that's it. What um, about... I, I'll ask you this. Do you have any wants for plot-wise? Because um, I do. My, my last two things... My last two things, one of them is a joke, and one of them is plot-related. Okay. So, I'll say my plot-related Okay, one. and then I'll say my plot-related. I want the opportunity to redeem Solus. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, obviously, I feel like the, the vibe going into it is like, you know, kill the beast, like, kill I Solus, mean, it, stop it. it. But, listen, when I played Inquisition, Solus and my Inquisitor were best buddies. And I played it as the Inquisitor isn't like, we gotta kill him before he destroys the world. My Inquisitor is fully in on we can bring him back. Yeah, you can you can so make I, that decision at the end of Trespasser I, I want, if you have the right yeah. like loyalty with Solus. You can say I want to redeem him. Yeah, I want I want the I want them to put their money where their mouth is. I want to redeem Solus at the very end yeah, of the game. I love that. Or even halfway through the game, if they want to introduce a bigger bad guy, whatever whatever the case may be, I want to be able to bring Solus to the light. I love it, dude. That's my biggest. That's my biggest want plot-wise. There's so many ways that they could take this game, and with how complicated Dragon Age is, with like all the decisions you can make, it's so hard to be like, "Oh, well, I'd like to see this," because who the fuck knows? But the bare minimum, like the biggest story desire I have is I want the inter. I want every interaction with Solus to make me cry, and I want to be able to redeem him. And I will say this about that is if they go that route, this is why I think that Solus is not going to be the primary antagonist, which leads to a couple of my other uh, uh, suspicions. Prithius or- four electric, <laughs> electric boogaloo. Yeah, no, no. Um, I think that he is going to be a huge antagonist, but I think that at the end of the day, there's going to be a, a bigger threat. 
that you're going to have to solve if you choose to redeem Solus. Yeah, um, I just, I'm hard with the way that they've set everything up. I mean, Corypheus was like the boogeyman of Dragon Age and he's gone now. And like, here's where we get to the theory part of this because I have a yeah, huge theory. And here's Solus, like, I can't imagine other than the other elven gods. If they decide to get involved, I can't imagine anyone better than Solus. So that's the theory. Solus literally ripped the world apart. There's a theory floating around that the Teventer old gods, who are the archdemons that cause the blights, are the same as the Evanuris, which are the elves that Solus rebelled against. Because there are nine Evanuris, there are seven archdemons. This is confirmed. We know this. If you take Solus and Mythal out of the picture, Solus started this rebellion because they killed Mythal. Yeah. So that's Nine seven. minus two is seven. So the theory is that, and this is a general theory, that uh, that the old gods are the Evanuris under a different name. That the Deventers worshipped elves uh, because they had immense power and were immortal and all this shit, right? And then Solus led the rebellion, ripped the world asunder, separated the Fade from the material plane, and now the old gods don't have their power, they retire, and they become these twisted beings Or after uh, Corypheus and company went to the city, came back, fucked up, brought the blight back, right? Anyway, yeah. my theory is, uh, and this, this links to my want, my wish list item for the plot is I want this game to feel the same in scale as Dragon Age Origins, which is a weird thing to say because Inquisition felt like there was a huge scale. There was a lot on the line. The world was actively ending. Like, it felt big. But for some reason, Origins felt bigger to me because you were fighting something that the world has known in the past that's torn the world apart and the sacrifice at the end of the game, if you choose to make that sacrifice, like, the scale of what you were doing felt huge to me, and that's what I loved in Origins. And I want that scale back for Dreadwolf. I want to feel like I am doing yeah. the impossible. I want to feel like I know exactly what I'm up against, and it's the most terrifying thing the world has ever seen. And I'm the only guy that's able to, to solve it. For me, I think Solus can fit those shoes because by rejoining the fade with the material plane, that's that's it. And that leads to my theory. There are currently two old gods left there are two arch demons left that have not been exterminated yeah i want super blight i want both arch demons coming back and solus using that somehow or trying to do his thing while the super blight is happening like See, i want two arch demons in one and we got to fucking kill them both while solus is trying to rip the world apart i think my my only thought on that, and this this could be like an aspect of lore that I'm entirely wrong on, but like if I'm if I'm just I'm using my D and D brain right now, right? Mm -hmm. Solus is a god, undisputably. Solus is a uncorrupted ancient elven god of unknown power. Mm -hmm. We know largely how powerful the archdemons are, and they are corrupted fallen gods and if i'm like putting one to one a uncorrupted actual god is going to be stronger than a non than a corrupted fallen god here's so i don't think the archdemons while incredibly powerful yes we don't know how powerful solus is here's the thing i think solus i think that's a 1v2 that solus wins here's the thing i think that it is literally one for one because solus is exactly what the old gods were that's what he is. He yeah, has yeah. that same exact level of well, power. And now, and but we now don't the old know. gods are lesser. 
we don't know that. We don't know if the blight makes them lesser or more powerful or more terrifying. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just saying in my mind, Solus wins that fight. However, I will say this. Another, I, I don't know if this is a wide theory or if this is just me, but it looks as if Mythal from Dragon Age Origins, it looks as if she is collecting the souls of the old gods. Because she sends Morrigan with the Warden to for the specific purpose of get Morrigan pregnant so that the soul of that old god or Themiel ends up in Morrigan's son and then Mythal takes the soul. She literally takes the soul from him in a sequence at the end of Inquisition. If all of the choices are met uh, right before you go to do the last mission, you meet Mythal in the Fade and she takes Erthemiel's soul from, um, I forget his name, but the kid that the Warden had with Morrigan. And then at the end of Inquisition, Solus takes Mythal's soul. So he has more souls. In theory, Solus has the power of every single old god other than the two that are remaining. Yeah. So if you look at it like that, I mean, bare minimum, if you look at it as if Solus absorbed Mathal, that's still two. Yeah. So if we're doing two to two, that's even. Yeah. I get in terms of like power. I just, with the way that they've, I want them to get away from the blight. I want them to focus on a villain that has nothing to do with it. And Solus is that. And I, I because I, while the blight can overrun the world, Solus can destroy the world. Yeah. And that's why I think if they're going for a scale thing here, because like, again, just using the D&D brain in the first game, you are the biggest, baddest motherfucker on the planet facing the most horrible threat the world has ever seen. In the second game, they scale it way down. Yeah, and you were literally a city only dealing with something that is threatening a city and a big political dispute, which I think was really well done. Yeah. The game got tried a lot for lessening the scale but i think it was really way done the way they've just made it more bare bones about political happenings and then in inquisition hey the world is ending again and there's this terrifying threat that's ancient and oh my god right i think if we're thinking D brain the developers are sitting around and they're like okay how do we get bigger and better and bring more people in because people didn't like that we did that with dragon age 2 so we need to get bigger and better and i yeah. really think that there's going to be some threat happening in tandem with Solus. I, I agree with that, but I think Solus is going to come out the bigger threat as opposed to the other way around. Because I don't I don't want after everything that they did to set up Solus, I don't want them to palpatine him. I don't want them to be like, but wait, there's more. Like so you've done so much to make Solus the ultimate threat in this world. Just double down and make him the ultimate threat in this world. I think well, I think he is, and I think that is exactly why my theory about plot-wise, like, that's exactly why I think that Solus is not going to be the primary antagonist, because he's going to be the bigger threat, which means you need to go after him first. And I think that if there's an option to redeem him, what that looks like is you redeem him and he helps you take down the super blight. And if you don't redeem him, you don't get his help and you have to go a different route, right? It's an RPG, yeah. so they'll have these forking paths. Yeah, I, I just, I want Solus to be the biggest threat. I want soul. I like just just from like the narrative like through line that they have created with Inquisition. I don't. Yeah, dude. I don't want there to be anything in this game other than like I'm obviously the blights in the game. We see it in the gameplay leak, but I just I want I want Solus to be it. That's another big thing is that you see Darkspawn in the gameplay leak and they are literally attacking Wisehopped. I think that's happened once before, if I'm not mistaken, in no history. Idea. But that is a huge deal. That yeah. is Grey Warden HQ for the world. 
and the blight looks like it is overrunning Weishaupt. Like, that means that the Darkspawn are smart and organized, and it's established in Origins that they're not that organized until there's an Archdemon. Yep. They're just kind of mindless and doing whatever they want, but once an Archdemon happens, they get tactical, they get strategic, they start doing crazy shit. Imagine now there's two Archdemons. Like, it's going to be way more terrifying, and that is like, hey, let's invade Weishaupt level of terrifying. I, I'm thinking... Like if if like I'm thinking like Mastermind Solus, like, hey, the Inquisitor is one of the most powerful people to have ever walked this plane, and even though he's missing a limb, he's still a threat. So I know that he's on my coattails right now, and I know that he wants me gone. Let me just throw this at them while I do my thing. Yeah. Distract- I, mean, I, I think I I'm thinking the inverse of what you're saying. Instead of Solus being the midway point villain and then team up for the Archdemons, I think it's going to be the Archdemons and then Solus. Because if he's trying to actively unmake the world, every mage, every able-bodied person, everyone that knows anything about the Fade is going to be like, no. Yeah, so yeah. Solus is like, hey, have fun with that. I'm going to unmake the world. I just think there's more opportunity for payoff if redemption of Solus happens halfway through the game. Because if it happens at the end of the game, it's like, yeah, they, could yeah. still, they could still give you a really good payoff. I think, like, yeah, I, think I want it to and... redeem Solus, and then I want, I, want him, I want to stop him in the middle of his machinations, redeem him, and have him sacrifice himself to undo the yeah. world. Like, like I Solus said, dies. Solus yeah. dies at the end of the game, but I want, I want to have that moment where, like, the portal is open, and there's no, like, it's self-sustaining, like in Spider-Man 2, and then have him be like, you know what, you're right, humanity is worth saving, and then sacrifice himself yeah. to stop it. And, and be, then that's the end of the game. That'd be really good payoff, but I would all also love to see halfway through the game you redeem him and he goes you know what you're right let's fucking take down this blight this super see, blight but if 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 we're following that thread though then all souls has to do is be like cool we don't know that's the thing we don't know how powerful he is we don't know how powerful yeah. the last two arch demons are maybe they don't know maybe they're the last two because they're the strongest and maybe having two together is somehow mega worse yeah, like maybe, we, we maybe don't maybe, know instead of being like multiplied by two maybe it's exponential yeah and i, I an order of magnitude so to speak but yeah uh, we yeah we've been riffing on this for a while but like the core of this is like redeem solace no matter what form it takes no matter where the plot goes no matter how crazy or big or bombastic it is whether he sacrifices himself or not i just want to have that moment and the Inquisitor has to be there in that moment. Otherwise, who cares, right? Because it's the Inquisitor and the Solus, Solus and the Inquisitor's relationship that is propelling this forward. Well, it, it wouldn't be too far gone also to assume that Solus is the one that designs this super blight because yeah, in Inquisition, he literally gives his orb to Corypheus because he's not powerful enough yet to be able to use the orb's power. He knows that Corypheus is, but that it will kill Corypheus is what Solus yeah. thinks. It did kill Corypheus. What he didn't know is that Corypheus can jump his soul like an archdemon. So Solus is the reason that the world started ending in Inquisition because he gave this to Corypheus and said, hey, have fun. Thinking, oh, it'll just kill him and then I'll be able to rip the fade, you know, com- or tear the veil down and yada, yada, yada. But so again... It's not too far off to assume that Solus is like, okay, well, you know what? Let's let's get a super blight going. He goes and finds his boys, the two old gods, brings them back for a super blight, and and then exactly what you said, he's like, hey, you guys deal with this. I'm gonna go fix this. I'm yeah, because go fix the what, world. From if Solus tears down the veil, that's it. That's yeah. that's, that's the end of it. Yeah. Literally, nothing will be able to stop him, or on the larger scale, the elven people. That's, and that's, that's the end game. Humans done. Mortals yeah. done. And that's another reason uh, that it seems like Mythal was collecting souls, because it 
it's very apparent that they've been in cahoots in in some way or another, right? And yeah. Mithal is the reason that Sola started the rebellion because they killed her. Yeah. She obviously is a god and has the ability to come back and yada yada. So at some point, hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago, it's entirely possible that Solus runs into Mythal and is like, oh shit, you're not dead. I did, I did all that for nothing. And Mythal goes, yeah, you really fucked up. Let's let's go back on this. How do we do this? And she maybe comes up with this plan. Okay, we need the souls of all of these people so that we have enough power to tear back down the veil. And maybe that has been their plan for thousands of years. And Solus has been resting because it's established that he, he wakes just woke up. up. Yeah. So he's been resting to gain his power. Um, so it's possible that, uh, yeah, that this has been the plan all along and that Mithal willingly sacrificed herself. Cause that's what it looks like at the end of Inquisition. Solace, she gave herself to him. For it, sure. it looks like that. And he, cause he says, I'm so sorry. And then, yep. so it's entirely possible that he is just collecting their souls so that he has their power. Anyway. Yeah. We've been riffing on this a while. Like last said, thing I so. want horses that are actually fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, horses that aren't just that's my joke. Just speed lines and lines. camera. That's not that's not a joke. That's a real thing. Yeah, it's horses not just that speed actually lines. move fast. I yeah. want a two horsepower horse. Goddamn it! Two horsepower horse. Two horsepower horse. Uh, but yeah, it is it, a horse it, one horsepower? No, actually, no. I I remember I I read something on like it was like a, a physician or a scientist or something that like. Like, horses are actually, like, less than one horsepower, I believe. The first result, when you Google how much horse po, uh, how much horsepower does a horse have? Let's see. I think it's either less or more. The maximum output of a horse can be up to 15 horsepower. It is more. Okay, yeah. And the maximum output of a human is a bit more than a single horsepower. <laughs> yeah, but horses horses are not one horsepower. They're 15, apparently. Um, Is there anything else that you really want to state your piece on? Honestly, I, like, I... It, it stems from what I said at the beginning of this. Like, I know that no matter what they do, I really feel like I'm going to be happy, especially after Anthem. Especially after Anthem. I like, had they such know, high hopes for Anthem, man. They had they had high hopes, too. And honestly, dude, the gameplay was incredible. It was oh, a great, it was so fun. It was so much fun. It, just the story but sucked. if you weren't playing with somebody else, the game felt hollow and empty and the story sucked. Like, it just wasn't a good time unless you were playing with the boys. Yeah, but goddamn, it felt good to fly around. It did. It felt Ugh. so good. So th I think that they're going to take that approach and go like, okay, we nailed the gameplay. So let's do that first and let's get get a banging story going and just wow yeah they already people. they literally like that's that's the other thing about inquisition or about dreadwolf the amount of effort they need to put into a story minimal yeah because they already have they have the story yeah defeat solace like obviously there yeah, has, no matter what they do it's gonna to be, be emotional it's yeah, gonna be incredible there has to be a point a to b obviously but like they don't have to make a new world they don't have to like exactly and just I, give the fans go on reddit for an hour Give the fans what they want, and yeah. then you have the best game ever made. And I and I think that they're going to do that and more. I really have so much yeah. faith that this game is just going to be incredible. So, like, yes, there's things I want, but I know that, like I said, they're also going to give me things that I didn't even know that I wanted. Yeah. And that that's, I'm talking gameplay, that's, like, relationships between characters, like... Yeah, and there's there's so many little things I look for in a game that I'm not even bothering to bring up, like animation in games is a really really big thing for me i like fluid animation like i like it to look good i like like good like cloth and armor physics and stuff like that of course the game is going to be good like in that regard right so there's so many little things that i would love to see that are just like modern games yeah and uh, like like you said 
yes, obviously this episode is arbitrary in nature because we're making a list of things that we want to see in a game that no matter what they do, we'll be happy. You know what I mean? Unless, yes. Unless they f- completely fucking, unless literally if, if Corypheus comes back, I'm out. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was Corypheus all along. If if they do if they do if they do it was Corypheus all along, I'm done. Like Yeah, no, they won't. Up. That that threat is done. Um I will say it's it, it's an interesting choice that it the way you kill Corypheus is go, you want it into the fade, and then it looks like you just send him into the fade, which means that he's still out there. But I think that that was just a misstep. And I think that Corypheus is definitely well, also 100% like dead. Sending Corypheus to the fade with no object or way to get himself out of the fade even if he's not dead he's done you know what i mean yeah like um and he is and you took his ability to uh respawn basically right yeah, so exactly um but at any rate uh yeah like you said it's a game that no matter what they do we're gonna be happy with it in some regard we're gonna play the shit out of it uh so yeah i don't really have a huge list of things that i want because i i know we're gonna be happy no matter what yeah and uh, I would love to revisit this when the game comes out and be like, oh, they did that. Or, oh, they didn't do that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Flying mounts would be sick. If they have, like, floating buildings and stuff like that, if you have, like, a magic broom or something that you can use to fly around, that'd be cool. Flying yeah. horses or maybe just the ability to fly, because if Deventer has the craziest magic the world has ever seen, who's to say they can't fly? Yeah. Fuck it. Let, them, let the mages fly, dude. So, yeah, no. It's going to be a good game. Good game. Yep. We're going to... Yeah. I predict... Greater than 15 horsepower I for Dragon Age Dreadwolf. 15 and a half? Maybe? I predict two dragon power. Oh, shut up. <laughs> That's it. That's the end of the episode. All right. <laughs> thank you for that shitty joke to bring us out. No, seriously, thank you guys for listening. I know this was a very, like, one-track kind of episode. Obviously, Especially towards the end there. <laughs> yeah, we only talked about one thing here, but we appreciate you guys listening. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up. Obviously, we have the Discord. Like and subscribe. Give us five stars. Give us a good review. Do all that stuff. Please let your friends know about us. That's how this thing is going to spread. Like um, the plague. But I also wanted to say, uh, in keeping with the theme of today's episode, on the Discord, uh, if you have played Inquisition or Origins or Dragon Age 2, please weigh in on this. Like like I said, it's kind of a... I feel like it's a lesser-known franchise, um, but it's absolutely incredible. And it, it wasn't, and then Skyrim came out. Yeah, and I, if you guys have played it, like, let us know. Tell us the decisions you've made. Talk about the the characters you've played as, your play styles. Just get into this with us, because like like Matt said, we're gonna put out some content about Dreadwolf once it comes out, um, and it'll be a freaking blast. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much, Matt. Are you tingling? No, but I have to pee so bad. I had to okay. pee. Let's see. We're an hour and eight into this, and I had to pee at the fifteen minute mark. Ah, that's that's brutal, dude. Um, yep. I got the I got the stars. You know, sometimes you get the little. Yeah, no, I feel totally normal. I guess I'm immune to pre workout, or uh, I don't know. Please take us out so I can piss. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Roshanti, for being here yeah. with us today. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and leave in as much of what you have said as I can. I'm gonna try and make it work. All right. Thank you, guys. We are 10 Points of Slashing. My name is SJ. My name is Matthew. And thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.